we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Hi, folks. This is Peter R. Bregan, MD. Don't usually start like that, but this show will involve countering opinions between this psychiatrist and another psychiatrist um, who has declared psychotic a woman who will we're going to be interviewing today and you can decide for yourself i mean it won't take any wisdom as soon as you hear her wonderful voice and her clear thinking you'll understand that there's uh, i'm sure she's uh, probably less irrational by a lot than her psychiatrist and uh it's not her psychiatrist actually it's a, a forced psychiatrist so before I get tangled much more, I'll introduce Ginger Bregan. Hi, folks. Nice to be here. Co-host on America Out Loud. And uh, we're uh, 5 p.m. Uh, on Thursdays as a part of America Out Loud Plus. And that's Eastern time. And that's about often about medical issues, but not necessarily. But some of the top physicians in the world share their slots at this 5 p.m. hour on America Out Loud. And we're interviewing someone I'm very fond of, Noel Florio. Uh, are you there, Noel? Yes, I am, Dr. Bregan. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, and the ginger's good. That That's actually yes. something we should say to the folks. Oh, yeah. that, <clears throat> Pete. Well, you know, I was hospitalized way back for five days uh, for... Um, COVID-19 pneumonia. In April. In April. And um, and uh, so that, that's really a few months. And uh, at the time, um, people were really worried about me. I was very, very, very sick. And, uh, uh, and now I'm well. And I think I first felt like I'm just well about two or three days ago. Yep. Ginger's pointing at the mic and telling me not to look at her when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only place I'm not completely well, perhaps, is in the timbre of my voice, which has definitely not got it so, uh, some of the vitality that it once did. But I think that's partly the medications, which I've been easing off of, uh, that my team of COVID-19 doctors and nurses and other folks um, have been watching over me, have been prescribing for us. And the ginger is doing well, too. It turned out that people were looking at me so much, and I was so sick that ginger, who did not have to be hospitalized, fought her way through pneumonia, which we never knew about until recently. When it showed up. On a chest x-ray. <clears throat> so she had COVID pneumonia, but I do want to I do want to say that our team of consulting physicians and our nurse were also very attentive to me. Were they? Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. I want to make sure that they don't feel like they weren't looking after me. I felt very looked after at the time. I just wasn't quite as sick as you were, honey. I never ran a temperature. So um, 
Fortunately, we're both doing so much better. Right. We don't have any active illness at this point in time. Right. And uh, I don't think your, your PO2, your oxygen level ever went below 90, did it? Yeah, it, it did. did oh, yeah. yeah, it did for a while. Yeah, it did. I, I'm an asthma patient, too. So there's that. But uh, that's behind us now. We did all the protocols that were that are recommended and so forth that people keep asking us that but did you take this or that we did all the protocols that yeah. are recommended and by uh, the way if you go to truthforhealth.org which is run by uh lee Vliet, dr Vliet, Vliet, dr Vliet, v-l-i-e-t a dear friend of ours um in fact she was a, a major editor for uh our book uh, for COVID 19 and the uh Global predators, we are the prey, and uh, she's got the latest protocols on her website, truthforhealth.org. Um, so let's let's talk with Noel at this point. Um, I, I got involved, Noel. I think you you did you get my name somehow? I think where I found uh, from what I recall, Doctor Bregan, it was I had. Uh, been on Corey Diggs uh, website. I find Corey, uh, I think her full name is Corey Lynn. She, <laughs> she has an incredible website, uh, yep. very resourceful. And it's, I love that her, her website is more designed to, for, res, for solutions instead of, instead of problems, you know, how do we resolve what we're in? And, and I think you had posted somehow or another, the two of you had connected. And I saw an article that uh, maybe you published or she published about you. And then I saw, I saw Ithaca, New York, and I said, oh, my goodness, he's right here in my home state. And I had just been served with those the papers that I guess we'll get into later. And I'm quite tenacious when it comes to trying to advocate for myself and my family. So I sent her a message. Please, I'm begging you. I need some help. Uh, I was, uh, I guess, allegedly diagnosed with psychosis. And I'm hoping that you can get in touch with Dr. Bregan. And I think that that's how our paths crossed, where she might have reached out to you. And then I had sent Ginger an email as well. And you graciously responded, Ginger. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. I'm really so glad it reached me. They, they, Not all of them do. We're unable to respond to all of the emails that come into our public email Um. Uh, uh, inbox, but uh, I think I think I had you at psychotic. <laughs> I think maybe that was the alarming part. Of where <laughs> I said, "Whoa, who's this? Who's this person contacting us?" <laughs> no, it's quite the opposite. Ginger is uh, <clears throat> she kind of does the uh, checking of folks for me and whether I should respond and. And um, Ginger was just just really wanted me to talk with you, and um, especially for your sake and for the sake of your family, but also on a societal level, it's in incredibly alarming when someone's uh, personal perspectives and uh, deeply held beliefs and perspectives are ended up being end up being labeled so perniciously as yours were with uh, the the label of psychosis. I agree. And we we volunteered our services. We did. And yep. um, I was sick at the time and um so I, I did I wrote a report. Well to, we started earlier actually. I think that was before. 
Not before April. Oh, it wasn't? Oh, okay. Well, maybe it was, but... It was all the way back in October. Uh, That's when, the year uh, before, thank right, you. Right, right. And, yeah. and we had gotten into it. I think you called me Christmas Day or maybe Chris, the day after Christmas, and we had a very lengthy conversation um, trying to get to the bottom of this and what, what you could do to help me. Yeah, and then um, then I, uh, as the time grew near, I um, I wrote the report for you. I don't remember the date of that. But when it came time for me to testify on your behalf, and now then we're going to get into what the story is. We're sort of teasing our way into this. Um, uh, I was I was in recovery at that point from COVID nineteen. This year, uh, Noel um, was so respectful of not wanting to overtax me that even though I said no, I will do this. I'm well enough to do this. You actually arranged for some some sort of deal with the people that you had to uh, to uh, use my report, but to keep me out of the courtroom. Uh, it's really not a courtroom exactly. We'll get to that in a minute. But that was really generous of you, and I didn't even know you did that until afterward. That's how much this woman was looking after my well-being while her whole, in a sense, professional life was on trial, she uh, did not um, do what I'd asked her to do, which is, look, you wait, give me as much recovery time I can, and when it's time, I'm going to I'm gonna do this, uh, you know, um, by uh, out, of, out of my office. We'll do it on Zoom or however they work. And, you, and she didn't tell me when the time came because she was protecting me. Well, why don't you get into the nitty-gritty all right, Noel. Why don't you tell the story, to who you are, about your being in the school system, and about what happened? Um, we've got about eight minutes to this segment, and do you um, you can just start. Okay. Uh, I my name is Noel. Yeah, as you introduced me, uh, I have uh, I have a dual teaching certification in in elementary education and secondary with a focus in English. Right. I'm giving you my whole my 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 CV here. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, and, and I was appointed uh, a teacher pro for probate on you know probationary period, uh, time in 2006, and I have been teaching or had been teaching in the William Floyd School District since that time. Uh, my teaching record is without blemish. I have never had a disciplinary issue. There's not a let. Uh, teachers often get letters in their file or or called into meetings where they're disciplined and there's a, an official memo put in. I have none of that. In fact, I have quite a few commendations uh, from parents and students and fellow teachers. Uh, and basically, uh, as the pandemic unfolded, uh, I slowly started questioning the narrative and. In interestingly enough, I, what, well, it's not interesting, but I had a rich, you know, most like everyone else, just not, something wasn't right and went along with certain things. And then as time progressed, um, what had happened was Cuomo, it was June, was flip-flopping back and forth uh, with the mask mandates. And the mask, I had stopped wearing my mask uh, back in January. I had like you, Dr. Brick, not not nearly as severe as you, but I had taken ill in February, I guess. And I had, uh, leading up to that, I had thought because I was wearing a mask at times, um, 
I wasn't getting enough oxygen because I do have an, an underlying health condition. And I had spoken to my rheumatologist saying that, you know, this is concerning me. I stopped wearing the mask on my own accord, but I never brought attention to it. So getting back to Cuomo in June, he was flip-flopping back and forth and it was really bothering me because now you're now you're flip-flopping and it's regarding the children. And that there were a lot of parents who were vocal, myself included, um, regarding the masks. And it, it, it bothered me to the core that he could be so cavalier about, put it on, take it off. You know, this is a muzzle, this is obstructing your breath. And I, I couldn't bear it. So I publicly... I guess in an email, it was uh, an email to the superintendent, Kevin Coster of schools. He's, he's the, I guess the, the end of the line, <clears throat> excuse me. And I said, I respectfully decline the directive of governor Cuomo. And I, I flowered it with some, you know, saying he was an egotistical maniac. And I thought that he was under investigation for the, um, murder of elderly people. And I and I know that there is an investigation going on. And I just felt that Governor Cuomo's uh, way that he handled the pandemic was not uh, by any means what a governor should do. So I questioned it. I said, I respectfully decline it. And that was the end of the line for me. I had crossed the Rubicon. I was never going back to what my normal life as a teacher for over 17 years in the district would have been. I poked the bear. And with that response, uh, they basically doubled down on me and said, we, we applaud you. We want to give you a high five. However, be quiet, put the mask on and make sure that you just get through the end of the school year. Mind you, the I believe he rescinded the state of emergency in June. And by the end of June, he rescinded the mask mandate. But that didn't stop. Superintendent Coster, and he he and his, uh, I guess, posse told me to stay home, to which I did, because I did have some accrued sick time left. And I guess there were, we went, we were without masks for the entire summer. This was a time where Cuomo was transitioning out for his indiscretions, and then Hochul was coming in, taking over. Uh, so we were without masks for the entire summer. And August 27th, she reinstit she re-implemented the mask mandate. And I said, oh, geez. I and school was starting in about three days. So I said, what am I going to do here? And I wrote them a letter again, reminding them of what my uh, beliefs were and, and how I and how I was adamant about uh, declining the directive and also saying, you know, advocating that it was someone's choice. I didn't, I didn't, I never once said that you sh absolutely shouldn't wear a mask. It was, it's your choice. And I want to make that very clear, especially for the parents. You know, if you felt that your child was um, more protected, then that was your choice. But I was advocating for body, bodily autonomy. And they didn't like that one bit. And then something, it just spiraled from there. So, I mean, the, the story is so lengthy. Uh, there are so many things. So there's, there, my case is, there are literally two bankers boxes filled with discovery, thousands of uh, paid pages and emails back and forth. Uh, but I guess, I don't know if you want me to skip forward because I know that we have, I don't know what how many more minutes we have left. So well, you can keep going for another uh you know, two and a half minutes and okay. so, we'll take so a break then. Sure. So essentially, uh, once September came, 
Uh, I had to reestablish that I had an underlying health condition. Uh, you know what I did? I forgot to mention that back in June, I also submitted for a mask exemption. This is the kicker here. I submitted for a mask exemption with my rheumatologist who was in full agreement that I should not be wearing a mask. He wrote he wrote the exemption to support my um, my position. That's remark. By the way, that's remarkable. That is yes. Uh, that had to had that to be a very brave and honorable uh, physician well, to do that. We've heard very few stories like that. So we so we thought right. So then what happened was <laughs> then he got scared. What, <laughs> then he got scared. Then he got scared. But that that we would fast forward to September and that. But he did. It was remarkable. And I and I really did. Um, I applauded him for that. But he did uh, say I, I should not be with a mask at all due to an underlying health condition. And uh, their doctor had reviewed it, said, no, I was never examined or spoken to or anything like that. And that's where that whole staying home came. And then we fast forward to um, September. So there was that gap there We're in September. And I kind of want to, it's hard for me to gather my thoughts on where that, where that ends up. So can well, we where, break here? At what oh. point, at what point yeah, does your, you. uh, just in a few words, and we'll begin okay. with that. At what point did, does your uh, Christian beliefs come into this? Because that was well, a big part of his deciding <laughs> that you were severely psychotic was that you held Christian beliefs. Oh, a hundred percent. And what, what, what I had quoted that what happened was none of this materialized until the kill shot. And this is where I go into uh, with the mask exemption. I had originally in my June 7th letter indicated that the, this was a constitutional right because I was afraid to bring religion into this at this point. So I just limited my, my, my uh, correspondence to that believing, but, Scripture shows that it's an impediment. It's the breath of life. You're obstructing it. And more importantly, it's just a moral. It was a moral issue. And you, it was it was so cruel to me to obstruct breath from a ch to a child to myself. And it and it was a and it was a it was a uh, excuse me, symbolic of being obedient to, to assert and being a servant to someone other than God. And that was something I could not articulate or didn't feel that I had to at that point. And that's what happened. We'll go to break now and uh, we'll continue with a very important story of what happened to her. And it's a threat to all of us, what happened to her, to all of us who speak out. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. 
For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. And we're back. And this is uh, Peter Bregan and uh, Ginger Bregan on America Out Loud Pulse. And we're talking with Noelle Florio, who was a school teacher, in case you had missed some of this, of 17 years on Long Island and never had any kind of letters in her record criticizing her, nothing of that kind, which is pretty common for people to teachers to have over the years, something like that. And um, she uh, was eventually told that she had to see a psychiatrist. Could we pick up there, Noel? With with the psychiatrist? Certainly. Uh, So I had uh, requested a religious exemption uh, and submitted it to to the powers that be in September. And they denied them, saying that they were insincere and a last-ditch effort to not wear a mask. And I quoted scripture, and I tried to explain to them that it wasn't just the masks. It was anything having to do or be related, anything that was related to the products and uh, just my my beliefs. And that, you know, more important that it was a, it was a gesture of obedience, and I didn't, and I serve one God. So they denied that. And I had added in my correspondence that they were causing me significant stress, psychological stress, emotional stress, financial stress. I was removed from payroll um, and I could not believe that because I could not believe their crushing response that, no, sorry, this is not negotiable. There was no there was just no negotiation. You're not you're if you don't wear it, stay home. And so when I expressed that I was uh, under duress or stress from what they were doing, they they had said they had blamed it on that when, in effect, it was because of my beliefs, which was revealed when I had to go see the psychiatrist, Dr. Solomon. And they said that I was not allowed to return to school grounds until I underwent what's called a 913 examination. And it is a it is a law. So. It's, you, it's something that you have to do, and all teachers are subject to it, and it is to determine the mental fitness or physical fitness of the teacher to ensure the safety of the children in the classroom. And uh, they had sent that letter back in December that I was supposed to go, and I was not medically cleared to go, so I did not. My uh, physician wrote me out for uh, to try to help me uh, because I was suffering, su- I was suffering terribly uh, physically from their backlash. And basically I was under a leave, a forced leave of absence because I couldn't comply with the mask mandate in August. And and you weren't getting paid, right? No, I haven't been paid in over two years and I have not been able to collect unemployment in over two years. And I guess we'll get to the end with where I was um, finally deemed terminated and I still can't collect unemployment because it was an action on my own doing. So I have been without pay, unable to collect any form of uh, assistance uh, at their mercy. They've been holding me hostage for over two years. But 
what had happened was uh, I was de- I was determined to come back in the, for the new school year, and I had to endure that. Finally, get to that psychiatric examination in August, and you know a little bit about what happened in that one, Doctor Briggins. So, I guess the the essence of that uh, interview was when I broke down and said that this process and what was going on in the world was cruel and it was inhumane to treat children like this or teachers, teachers that are supposed to put their lives on the line for children and gladly will do so, but you couldn't make accommodation uh, for, for me or for anyone. And they said that I had rigid or Dr. Solomon uh, opined that I had rigid and fixed beliefs due to the mask mandates and because i had said that he had asked what's behind this and i had said it was an evil force and he took that and ran with it basically to i allege that i was hearing voices or whatever it was and that because i felt the need to protect children or humanity i would be ironically a danger to them in the classroom and deemed me unfit I don't. I don't think. By the way, uh, Noel, I don't think he even accused you of hearing voices. Let me take him. No. Yeah, go ahead. Go let ahead. me actually. Let me take a minute now and read my analysis of his uh, interview with you. Sure. And um, I had eventually. I had access to a tape, as I recall, and a, a transcript. And so I had. A, I, I had a good, a good ability to evaluate it. Because I I heard the whole thing. And um, one of my comments was, to label someone severely psychotic would usually require an enormous degree of disability. She is described as angry and tense, which he himself admits, the doctor actually wrote this in the report, is a common response to being forced to be evaluated by him. That a lot of the people who come through, they get angry and tense. All right, nearly everything, and now continuing with me, nearly everything negative he describes, such as guarded, evasive, hostile, if true, could be attributed to the behavior of the school system and Dr. Solomon. Meanwhile, even his written evaluation provides indications that she's actually fun- functioning on a high level despite the stress. He writes, quote, contact good, um, orientation, and also good her orientation. She's oriented in all spheres. Her speech is normal fluency, volume and rate of speech. Memory functions are normal. There are no flaws in her appearance. So glad he didn't find any flaws in your appearance. And uh, <laughs> her grooming is uh, casual and appropriate, and she is alert. And then I, I write that people diagnosed with severe psychosis are usually much more incapacitated. Dr. Solomon's diagnosis is based on the doctor's condemnation of her fervent religious and political beliefs held by millions of Christian Americans. Um, I then talk about how what you're everything you're suffering from that that might be an independent suffering is in fact uh, a stress reaction. This is all about you being stressed by an unexpectedly severe response. And we might add naivete a little bit, maybe, to imagine that you wouldn't get one, but you didn't have any experience with this, by the way. I'm not quoting now. And I go on to point out that many of uh, uh, the beliefs that you held are, are, are quote, uh, um, 
are, are held by many scientists and physicians in America, including many who write or for subscribe to the Journal of American Physicians and Surgeons, many of whom were at least as fervent as Mrs. Florio in the concern from loss of freedom and religious oppression they see in America at this moment in our history. Um, and I didn't, you know, I didn't go into any... Um, any severe criticisms of doctor, I just pointed out that he was basing his opinion entirely upon the idea that being a fervent Christian and this and a protector of children and so on, um, and who thought maybe that there were dark forces active in the world today, that this person um, it would be found among millions of Christians today. Because most of the people who I work with and Ginger works with who are professionals or Christians. Uh, there have been uh, two active Jews that I know of in the movement, <laughs> and uh, I'm Jewish. That makes three. Oh, there's been more than that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, we can pick up at any point on this, but you were, you were pleased what I had to say, and it was honest. What I was saying was honest, that that uh, that literally uh, there's just you have no sign you had no signs of a mental illness whatsoever i and carried your report i carried your report around with me every day and i just had to keep reading it over and over again to to get myself through uh what was happening because i it, it was a great comfort to me because it was exactly what i was feeling and i'm sure that what what millions of us are feeling. And I do want to point out, Dr. Bregan, that I think what happened is, you know, as teachers, we are so indoctrinated to make sure that school remains secular, that there is absolutely no discussion of God, faith, nothing. And I was so fearful in the beginning to voice that. So I, I definitely, I kept it, you know, very benign uh, and d diplomatic, if you will. And I just kept it on a, just based on the constitution. But all the while when they were, you know, doubling down on me, I said, that's enough. I am a minister and I am, a, uh, I've been a, I've been a Catholic, which is, a, which is, you know, it's a, that's a tough religion where they're pretty tough Catholics. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I, I had said enough is enough. They, they have been taking God out of schools for forever. And I mean, since I guess, you know, the early uh, 20th century and, and I wasn't having it anymore. And I, you know, I taught, I teach or taught middle school children, which is such a vulnerable age and to not see their facial expressions and to, and to not know, or to have them not see mine um, was, it, it was to the core. It, it, it pained me. And I knew that this was something far more evil. And it's that word evil that keeps getting me in trouble over and over again. But yet you, you've used it. Um, I'm a big fan of Naomi Wolf. Uh, I read, uh, she, and I, she's used it throughout her books. You used, you and Ginger wrote it all throughout your, uh, the predator COVID-19 where the, we are the prey. And I just don't know why announcing or understanding this as an evil makes me psychotic. And I think that that's what is so troubling to me. Yeah. See, and this gets us, let me just very briefly, I'm not going to talk much about Robert Malone, but I do want to say that the, the basis of this of a huge lawsuit against me, you can find and Ginger and also uh, Jane. Um, Dr. Jane Ruby. Jane, Jane Ruby. <clears throat> what really upset Robert Malone the most 
um, in his communications to us trying to shut us up was that I was critical of his concept of um, mass formation psychosis, which was an elaboration on the theories of a uh, psychologist, psychoanalyst from uh, Europe, um, who basically said that the the people who were uh, upset and dis- and distressed of, about COVID nineteen and um, the uh, these people basically brought out the totalitarianism and they were responsible for the extreme reactions they were getting in the way of uh, you know totalitarianism. That totalitarianism wasn't produced by conspiring dictators, authoritarians, and others trying to harm us. It's caused by something in modern times emanating out of ourselves, the people. And I thought this is really a potential disaster, uh, a tool. And I wasn't saying Malone was thinking specifically it would be a tool. I was saying it would be used as a tool. As an expert in psychiatry, the history of psychiatry, the history of psychiatry's role in Nazi Germany, I got some pretty good even lectured in Germany at a major conference on medicine in the Third Reich. I was the expert on psychiatry in Nazi Germany, so I kind of know what I'm talking about. And um, as I describe this just now to you folks, my wonderful, wonderful audience, um, I realize more than I had thought how directly... Malone's concept of mass formation psychosis would lead to um, being applied to you as a fervent dissident that you somehow did this all on your own, that nothing that uh, nothing to do with the oppression against you that made you anxious or upset or tense or nervous. And um, well, the other thing is, Peter, that. Uh, the the authorities that want to exercise aspects of totalitarianism upon all of us citizens need excuses to be able to sweep a bunch of us up and throw us into um, in, in detainment camps of of one sort or another. They're called FEMA camps sometimes in the U.S. Uh, and these camps have existed in Australia in other countries and there are uh, uh, uneasy signs that they've been put together or else there uh, is proposed legislation to create such camps in New York State and other states. So uh, the concern is that the concept that you can take a mass of people, a mass formation, and you can say that they're psychotic because they don't believe in masks or they don't want to take these uh, so-called vaccines and so forth and so on. And you can sweep up this whole- Or even that they're emotionally distressed. Right. I mean, who isn't emotionally right, distressed and right. under under the evil that's been perpetrated upon but us? That that label can be used to actually be incredibly destructive and to- completely uh, steal a person's complete set of rights and incarcerate them. You know, we already see incarcerations in this country that are massively politically motivated with January 6th and the the individuals who have been charged uh, and are now defendants. They've uh, lost incredible rights. They're 
being held in really uh, such un-American uh, conditions in this country. Uh, I, I refer to them as dungeons. And that's already being done in this country. Mass formation psychosis is another great way for the authoritarians to march in and say, I'm sorry, you guys are reading and discussing Peter and Ginger Bregan on your websites. That's it. Off with your heads. Off to the detainment camps for you. And, and it could happen to any of us who happen to stand up in some way against whatever the authoritarian line of thinking is. Absolutely. I agree. I agree 100%. And I think by their response, uh, for some, for the way that they treated me, you know, and I don't, I don't want to sound like a victim here, but it, it, it was so telling. It was so obvious. Uh, at one point during my trial, the superintendent himself came into the trial room and posturing, you know, I had always from the beginnings, not tried to put the onus on him and say, you know, th this is, I understand you're, you know, you're taking orders. However, can we, can we speak amicably about this? Can we resolve this issue? Just be humans. And, and again, that goes, my psychosis manifests <laughs> in, in, in the, so they, so they say is that the, the masks for me were so, the, the vaccines were off the table for me. Uh, you were, ne you were never, that was like, you know, that was a done deal. You were never coming near me with that just because of just the way I, um, was incredulous about it, but the, but the masks were so innocuous, so pervasive, especially to children. You were silencing us. You were muzzling us. You were lumping us into a category, as you're saying in this mass formation. And you're you were just corralling us, and I wasn't having it. And I definitely wasn't having it for children. And yet somehow, I'm the I'm the demon. So that's that's where I'm at right now. And listen, God bless you, because you have had the courage to stand by your convictions and uh, have gone through a great deal of suffering. But thank you for standing up for the rights of everyone. We need to go to break now. We'll be right back. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Loud. Welcome back to Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan. We're talking to Noel Florio, a hero 
one of the American heroes who has uh, lost her job of teaching of 17 years uh, because she uh, stood up for human beings. I, I loved your discussion of the breath of children, not stifling the breath, which is uh, it's been it's considered uh, sacred not only in the Bible but uh, in ancient philosophy. Uh, breath and spirit go together, and uh, there's this there's real meaning behind that. And so too does the ability to uh, show your face. You know, don't show your face around here. Um, the ability to show your face is sacred. It's it's a human right to communicate and be there with other people and, and to be an individual. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to think about where to go at this point. Do you, I have some thoughts about maybe talking about the personal experience further, but that could be uh, that that wouldn't be necessarily fun, but it could be educational um, or what you're thinking about your future or whether you regret what you've done or are fundamentally uh, pleased with yourself about it, which I hope you are. Um we would uh, do you have an idea where you would like to go, Noel Florio, with this? Well, Dr. Brengan, I think I have just like any any the the I I appreciate you calling me a hero, but I don't I don't deserve that title. I I'll I have to say that the journey has been painstakingly difficult. Especially for my, you know, not for me, I could do this blindfolded. Um, but when, when, when someone comes after your children and your, your spouse, my husband that have sacrificed, you know, I don't know many men that would have stood behind that. Well, you might have done that, Dr. Brecker for Ginger, but you know, I, the, the vaccines were more, more invasive and most but but to stand behind me because of the mask, you know, people people's their mouths fall on the floor. They said, you, you lost your I think I might be the only teacher in New York State that lost their job over a mask. And I so so my point is that shame on the rest of the teachers. That's right. Well, that's and that's what really I I struggle with it. You know, this is and I don't mean to diminish grief in any way. So I I, I don't want to sound disrespectful to anyone who's got goes through you know real grieving, but this is a death for me. This is a, a lifelong career where children meant everything to me and to it's a process. So they and my in my you know, I they took that from me and I'm I'm very sad. I go through processes of grieving where I'm laughing, I'm joking with people. And then I just, I'll break down into hysterical tears because it's become so real. Um, do I regret it? I, I, maybe I regret, um, the way I, I, I could have had a, a little, I don't know. I could, maybe I would have had more, uh, an, of an open mind, but I mean, how much more open can I be? I just wanted to, I wanted, I didn't want anything to uh, impede my relationship with my creator or for children. You know, I just, we're supposed to be seen as individuals and I just saw the erosion of humanity. And I, I wasn't, as I said, that's my responsibility as an educator. I'm supposed to protect children. I, we, we're, we're, I mean, aside from the, uh, the municipalities and all of the other things that they put in place for us to report child, uh, child abuse. By the way, I had said that to him, said to that, to Dr. Mr. Coster, I said, you're, we're, this is child abuse. And every parent is well within their rights to call and, and, and say that. So, you know, just be mindful of that. But yet, um, I, 
couldn't, I don't know that I could ever return to that institution. I feel crushed by it. And I really do. Everyone keeps telling me that God has a plan for you. I, I hope, I hope it happens soon because I'm kind of feel it treading water right now. And, um, very nervous about my future. That's I not- totally understand what you're saying. In the early years, when I first started doing serious confrontational reform work, which would have been about 1972, and um, I was, uh, I, I realized the, began to realize the implications of what I had stepped into, taking on lobotomy and trying to stop it. And I can tell you that the amount of emotional ups and downs and suffering was extraordinary for me. I didn't have ginger then, um, so it was really extraordinary. But even us as very mature reformers and who have very little to lose, lose because we lost it years ago, all of our connections to the establishment. <laughs> so having really no fear of that, uh, made the consequences less. We didn't anticipate, you know, a, a, a lawsuit and things like that, but you never know what's going to happen. But um, even so, the decision to take on COVID-19 issues uh, was uh, filled with anxiety for us. And and we... we uh, and we approached it with a great deal of gravity. Real gravity. It, it, we felt like, especially in 2020, when we st- were doing our research and early 2021, we were having to confront a degree of evil that even we, who had looked at so much evil inside the inside the uh, field of psychiatry and the military and, and the in pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical industry. industries and the intelligence agencies, uh, despite all of our experience looking at lobotomy, looking at electroshock, looking at eugenics in the 1990s in the United States of America, federal federal agencies, despite all of that, we were just floored by the degree of planning and the degree of just rank evil that we kept coming across. And I personally often felt the in uh, doing the writing part of COVID-19 and the Global Predators, um, I continually just ran into walls that felt like uh, evil. That evil was standing, sitting on me, doing something. And and, uh, so I respect all the things uh, that you experienced during this. And none of it is, in my mind, quote, abnormal. It's the normal response of someone taking on enormous and fearful uh, challenges and discovering they're even more enormous and fearful than they anticipated. So, I, I, You know, I think it's so important in all of this. When, and I was just reflecting mm-hmm. on, you said, do I regret anything? And I'm thinking about it. Not at all. Because you know what? When I think, when I think about the fear and the facing that evil, which is, is, which is terrifying the amount of holiness and the godly people that have rallied by my side, you and ginger included for no, for no other reason than knowing that this is 
this is wrong. This is cruel. Uh, strangers that drove from from Queens, New York. I'm. It's about an hour and a half from from where my hearings were. That strangers just coming to just listen to support me, all standing in in solidarity. That that's something that we have to take away from this. That God prevails because. And, and I do not underestimate this evil, and I and I know it well. But I do believe that God prevails. And you had asked me, do I really want to move forward and take this on? And I, I, how do I put my head down on my pillow at night and tell my children that I just stood by and I allowed it to happen and I allowed this tiptoe of your rights being eviscerated? I, I just, I couldn't do it. So I really do hope that God recognizes that and puts me on the path with other like-minded people. It sounds like he's already doing that. <laughs> well, and I'm not you know, there anymore. So, and, and you know, I've had the same experience as even as we confronted uh, the, the greatest evil we've ever felt that we were encountering. Uh, I also w was, I felt like I was already close to God and I had felt God's hand in my life over many decades, but nothing like the last three years. Incredibly, uh, I, I felt incredibly protected and and covered by God's wing, just like the psalm. Uh, I, uh, I can't say enough about that. So in the the in the contrast of seeing that evil and yet having these holy encounters has been profound. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. So you sound like you haven't made a decision as to what direction you thoroughly want to take, or have you? Oh, I think I hear a sigh. I, you know, I, I, I want to educate people about their sovereignty. I want so many more people to realize that this beast can be, uh, I guess, taken down. I, I want I want more people to feel empowered that collective together and individually, because I, I there is, it's important to, to not to, to recognize that collective and what it what it's worth or what it stands for. So I just want so much to make sure that this endeavor is for naught, to make sure that people understand that I I'm struggling, but every day something good happens that it could be very small. And I just, I don't, I don't, I just don't know where my path goes. You know, I, I did, I definitely mentioned to you that I don't foresee me ever. I don't foresee me being able to be institutionalized. Like I, like I had been for 17 years, um, you know, obeying, obeying the master and silencing myself in, in the public edu education system. And I'm sure you realize that that had been eroding for, for quite a while. Not that it was ever that great to begin with, but you know, there was, there were good takeaways. And I just, I don't know, Dr. Bregan, I, I just know that right now I'm in an upward climb, trying to navigate an appeal on my own. Um, and just trying to make sure that I put a smile on my face, especially for my little boy who is so emotional when, if I get upset. 
So I have to get up every day and make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's just staying the course. Whatever that brings me, I have no no clue. I'm open. Yeah. And and you're uh, doing this appeal on your own because you can't afford a lawyer or can't exactly. find one? Exactly. Can't, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll be happy to read what you do. I'm no lawyer. Um, and Ginger is uh, no lawyer, but she's fabulous on reading legal materials. When and, I, uh, if you're willing, I would love to oh, share. Yeah, 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 we'll look at it. And um, but again, you know, we don't we we don't have the the legal expertise to help you get something into court and through court. But God knows, I've been involved in appeals where where I've written reports for them. Um, it's a very different process than the. It's a much more limited process than um, the actual hearings you had. So. We, you know, you'll need to figure that out. And maybe maybe some lawyer would be willing to just volunteer to help you with listening and at least help you with the things such as the limitations of appeals and the kinds of things you have to cover and can't cover. And it uh, it's very specific. And uh, there must be a, a, a lawyer who does education, who works in the education system, who would be willing to, uh, who works, you know, with issues surrounding education, would be willing to help you. Um, at least I hope so. But the people are very scared. And uh, I, I think that this is going to change you and is changing you in a way which, contrary to uh, this reality in, in which uh, the, uh, the principal authorities, in this case, live in the disreality, the dystopian reality of, the, of authoritarianism in the schools bordering on totalitarianism, that you you know reality, you now know reality better than than anyone who would dare you know, give you a diagnosis. And um, at least that's my opinion. And I really uh, think that you're going to become more proud of what you've done and what you've uh, survived and what your family has stood by you in, which is a miracle. Um. And then uh, look look into yourself as to whether you want to be a fighter. Not a lot of folks really ever end up on the front lines like you. And whether you want to still be on the front lines, it's a personal decision. And whether you want to do it anonymously, whether you want to do it on, by blogging, whether you want to, you know, set up organizations or, you know, whatever it is you want to do, you know, find for yourself because, not everybody is emotionally suited to this uh, terrible work of confronting the worst in society. <laughs> um, and I certainly didn't know that's what my work was exactly. It got clear to me that obviously um, God had some intention for me doing this. Or for one thing, I escaped all kinds of horrific possible things uh, made me feel like um, being protected and uh, the activities of anybody trying to assume he doesn't daunt me from feeling protected when I do the right thing. And uh, that's something that perv pervades our lives, that if we actually do the right thing, um, it's going to be okay. Now, who can guarantee that? I don't know, but we seem to be guaranteeing it for ourselves, that, that that's our belief system. I think that's important, and people may be interested to know that, that our belief system is that in our entire lives, when we've done the right thing, 
we seem to be protected. We seem to be enabled to do what we believe is right. And uh, going into COVID-19, that was a part of this. Uh, that was our decision that when we do the right thing, because we certainly, God knows, we had the gifts uh, way ahead of most people to to research these kinds of issues. I've been doing it my whole life, and Ginger been doing it with me for 40 years. Um, so my, my new my new kind of encouragement to people is um, bring your gifts to the battle. And I used to say, um, as I'm kind of hedging around with you, that I don't, I've never pushed people to do what I do and Ginger does. But more and more, it looks like it's necessary, and more and more, I believe that it makes for a better life perhaps more hazardous, but better. So my own advice to folks is um, whatever your gifts are, bring them, bring them to this conflict with evil on the side of uh, our constitutional democracies and freedom and re particular religious freedom, which you ran into. We have 50 seconds left. My goodness. Uh, Ginger has left to take care of some household duties. Imagine doing all this and still taking on household duties um and um <laughs> god bless her um do you want to say goodbye for 30 seconds absolutely i just i, I dr bregan had it not been for you i really don't think i could have gotten through some of those darker days so i am so great grateful to you and ginger and to any anyone that has stood by me through this strangers especially so thank you so much and i'm here to support anyone who's gone through something similar Sounds like you've made up your mind. You're just not exactly sure how you're going to do it. Noel Florio, God bless you, and thank you for what you've done. And thank you, my wonderful audience, for listening and taking this seriously. Thank you.